Welcome everybody to our podcast today. Um, this is part of a short series of podcasts we're doing at the moment, really in the context of the pandemic, but also thinking about uh, certain subjects that we think are really important at the moment to talk around. And the subject that we've got for today is called Building Resilience, Dispelling the Myths. And, um, and we're really looking forward to having a bit of a conversation about the subject of resilience and what it is and what it isn't and perhaps how it's currently seen through the perspective of our recent experience but also if res resilience is still a contemporary subject what we think the hallmarks of that are so i'm joined by two of my colleagues i'm joined by amy and richard and i'm just going to give them an opportunity to say hello and just to tell you a little bit about their role in the Wellbeing Collective. As you know, I'm Tim, I hosted the previous podcast and I'm a consultant in the Wellbeing Collective. So Amy, say hello. Hello, Tim, hello everybody. I'm Amy and I'm one of the two co-founders of the Wellbeing Collective and my role currently is as the chief exec. So fundamentally, I endeavor to provide leadership and support to everyone connected to the Wellbeing Collective and I'm really really uh, delighted to be here because a lot of the time I work as a coach and a facilitator and the topic of resilience comes up and many people have quite differing views on what it is mm. so I think this is a really good subject thank you Tim. Oh, that's great. Well, I'll be, I'm really looking forward to hearing what your experience of, has been about talking with people around the subject. Um, say hi, Richard. Uh, hi, Tim. Hi, Amy and uh, uh, everybody, everybody else. So I'm Richard and I'm a consultant at the Wellbeing Collective. And the kind of work that I'm uh, mainly doing at the moment is around coaching, action learning sets. So uh, group support there and generally around uh, leadership so um, yeah really interested to be part of this conversation on resilience perhaps particularly uh, at the moment with COVID and uh, living with the impact of COVID and the effect on everyone's mental health but also on our working lives. Thanks Richard and um, and we've all you know all of us in some context we talk about this word quite a lot um, all of us in some context have come into contact with people through our work over the last year in particular where where we've talked about the word resilience and what it is and what it isn't so, and I'm so I'm going to start by exploring that with you both and just in terms of what you think it is but I'm going to say something a little bit more controversial at uh, right at the beginning perhaps just to spark some interest for our listeners and that is that I've heard on more than one occasion that resilience is a bit of a dirty word these days and that we shouldn't really use that word because it's sometimes puts too much onus on the person to sort themselves out rather than maybe an organization to provide support for people around their own well-being so with that a bit of a controversial statement there what do you think resilience is um, and what do you think it isn't so Amy um, what are your thoughts? Um, that's a really interesting way to start the conversation and I, and I like the fact that it's bringing right to the front some of the, I don't know, the, the, the range of views around resilience. I think my, my belief on what it is, is actually changing all the time. And I think that's part of the problem, is that the definitions that are out there 
never for me seemed to do it justice. And it's the it's a concept that can also be interpreted very differently and used very differently. And so um, in my work as a coach, I've experienced working with people, particularly over the last year, who have felt a real pressure to look resilient, to appear resilient. And when we've talked about that, what they have said is that they believe that resilience in that context is not looking phased by whatever's thrown at them, mm. being able to deal with anything and everything. So what I would say to that is that that's completely different to my understanding of resilience. Right. Because for me, it's not about how, how able you are at dealing with anything at all. It's actually about how you can take care of yourself and demonstrate self-compassion and hopefully work in a compassionate organization so that you've got the tools, techniques and ability to bounce back relatively quickly from situations so that you can get back to a place of balance and well-being as defined by yourself as soon as possible. Mm. But that varies time to time. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's changing all the time. And I love the word compassion that you use, that sense of self-compassion, but also compassion in the organisation that gives that ability for people to bounce back. And of course, we have been living with real adversity and our ability to bounce back has been challenged more than ever. Richard, what, yeah. what are your thoughts about resilience and what it is and isn't? Yeah, I really like Amy's um, uh, compassion, self-compassion. And that isn't normally what we think about when, when we mm. think about so I was just reminded of um, years of working in, uh, in mental health and the number of um, people using mental health services who felt that uh, resilience was a, a standard that they were kind of being measured against and failing against. So it was something used to, um, uh, to, to criticise them and undermine them. That caused an awful lot of, uh, of resentment. And so you can see the same kind of thing playing out a bit in the organisational uh, context. But actually, if you, if you look at what the components of resilience are, and it is about that ability ultimately to be able to, you know, to deal, not to um, ignore the stuff uh, that your um, that life or work is throwing uh, at you. You won't be immune from any of that, but just your ability to withstand it to uh, adapt to learn from it and then and then maybe to uh, to, to bounce back but the components of uh, resilience in in organizations yeah there's some stuff that people might be able to do for themselves but mostly uh it's about um the team and the team manager and the organization and the leadership of the organization that's where resilience comes from so uh, the emphasis should be much less on you know, individuals trying to become more resilient and much more on what can the organisation do to support people's uh, resilience. And I think, you know, especially at, um, uh, at a time like, like this, one of the things I've noticed as I've been doing coaching and actually learning sets and supporting teams and so on, mostly um, people in the NHS and working in healthcare in the in the third sector is how little time people have to reflect on mm. everything that's happening to them. And uh, one of the effects of that, I think, is to undermine people's resilience. And conversely, when people do have the time to reflect, just to think 
uh, about what they've been going through, what their colleagues have been going through, then, uh, then uh, th good things start to happen. And people, for example, and most obviously, can think about, well, here's how we dealt with it last time around. How are we going to deal with it yeah. uh, in the future? What lessons are we going to learn? Yeah, there's some really great points there. Amy, do you have anything to add to that? I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you're, your mind is wearing, isn't it? Well, yeah, but, I, but it was just really nice to listen to listen to Richard talking about the links between resilience and well-being and mental health and and also something to do with stigma that sense of resilience being something that's a benchmark for people to be held up against and and something that are, that, that I wonder about quite often is is resilience very different for each of us and an example I can I can kind of think of is working with a, a group of leaders who were dealing with a huge amount of um, difficulty within the pandemic in terms of logistics. One of the leaders was absolutely thriving on that, that additional pressure. It was an absolute, um, the, the, the place that they felt at their most resilient. And yet their colleague was really, really struggling. Mm. And what they realized is that as soon as the um, as soon as they talked about it and reflected on it, it turned out to be often down to personality type experiences and support. And the person who thrived on that crisis found it very difficult to be resilient when there was emotional conflict within the team. Mm. Whereas the other person was completely comfortable with, de with dealing with that. And what we were talking about is you can be resilient to some things and more vulnerable to others, but it doesn't make one person more resilient than the other. It just means that we all have things that are more likely to affect us in different ways, depending on who we are and what our circumstances are. Yes, I really like that idea that almost we have our own um, our own little resilience barometer with lots of elements um, that may impact on our ability to to bounce back and um, and of course they're unique but I'm also sort of struck by the idea that sometimes organizations apply a more generic approach to that sort of thing don't they mm -hmm. and, and an almost empirical way of measuring it so mm. um, for example sickness absence or um, sickness absence with a stress-related cause because there's sometimes um, a belief that if someone is distressed in work or tearful or has a little bit of time of sick to um, because of of the impact of stress at work that somehow they're not resilient mm. but it might be that they're just taking really good care of themselves or finding ways that, to, to show self-compassion and yes. for me, the most important thing is not to or not to take time off. It's less about that, but more about the power of the conversation so that people have meaningful conversations within work to talk about this stuff and, and to understand that there's a huge diversity around it. Yeah. So the huge diversity, but actually reflecting that diversity in the nature of our conversations that we have within our teams and services. The one word that you used right at the very beginning of, of your of your kind of thoughts around the uniqueness of our own personalities was the word stigma. And Richard, I was just I was just thinking about 
you know how how do we how do we address that those, those stigmatizing sort of labels that we often use when people perhaps are a little bit more vulnerable or a little bit more open about how they feel yeah i mean it's it's been a, a common theme hasn't it in um, uh, mental health for for years we used to think of it just in terms of um, the kind of language that we used and then we realized that um uh that actually um stigma around mental health plays out in all kinds of different ways from your ability right. to get a job to um you know your ability to uh, to have uh, to have friends and, and relationships and uh, and so on so stigma is is really important and uh resilience has become part of that uh conversation as well so i think the same applies um uh uh to um ideas about resilience which which again can attract um stigma so as we we're saying uh back at the beginning uh if you you know if you fail to show and as amy was saying about um that group of leaders if you fail the danger is if you know, fail to show your resilience then uh you are somehow deemed to be um you know uh less less good and i think that's a real real uh problem i think one of the really interesting things that's happened though with covid is there's been some counterintuitive stuff so you might expect covid to have a quite damaging effect on organizational resilience generally that's not necessarily the case and there are though quite often in some of the research over the last few months those um people who have experienced covid most directly uh, are reporting greater levels of resilience uh, themselves yeah. and uh, those people who are experiencing a greater amount of change and that is you know the big feature of covid uh, isn't it are many times more likely to be highly resilient uh, than uh, than others so um re yeah resilience um plays out sometimes in ways which are yeah what do we think underpins that idea then um you know what 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 is it that maybe is going on there if that research um you know i have no doubt that some of that research is quite robust yeah i i think there's a lot about the extent to which people feel in control of um of their working lives um, and it's it's that notion that um, uh, I can determine, you know, how I pretty well, uh, uh, how I um, uh, how I how I work, and uh, the things that I prioritize, and my ability to uh, to get things done. That sense of being in control yeah. is really important. But I think with with COVID, it's about knowing the things that actually are beyond your immediate control, but still having some discretion to take uh, important decisions at a at a very uh, local level. Uh, we know that that sense of being in control is really important in terms so, of- uh, So some control. autonomy there as well. Amy, I, I can hear you want to <laughs> offer some thoughts. Do you hear well. me moving my yeah, chair with interest? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely fascinating point. And, and I guess building on that sense of, of control is that is that idea for me that I hear from people about feeling like they're making a really valuable contribution. Mm -hmm. So when people 
have a sense that they are in the middle of something, they're in it together, they're working on something to, uh, to, 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 to add value or to be of use, and they have a sense of some control over what they're doing, a bit more autonomy, then people have talked about how it helps them feel empowered and therefore more resilient and robust, mm. which I do think is fascinating, uh, really interesting, but it does link to the, the, the stuff that we know from research around neuroscience and that having a bit of more control, being valued for what you do, feeling like things are fair, all of those things increase our likelihood to be able to be to battle the stress chemicals in our brain. Yeah, there was a and help us cope with change. Yeah, absolutely. As you were talking about that, the neuroscience perspective, um, but also the sense of control. I was aware of a report that the King's Fund published last year called The Courage of Compassion, which mm. um, which focuses um, on uh, on the evidence base around actually what promotes health and well-being for nurses, for example. But of course, it could equally be applied to any profession and autonomy um, and control uh, of your own immediate work environment were really important factors. And what you're both raising is some I think some real, real interesting nuggets of wisdom around actually what 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 it, what resilience is and and perhaps what what it isn't, and so just just thinking about so is there a sense you know is this word still relevant and you know should we still be using it, and and if it is still relevant, what should we be doing with that word? We're kind of we're kind of slightly stuck with it at the moment, aren't we? Uh, and and um, you know there are uh, so staff surveys um, around things like engagement now feature uh, resilience as well. And and um, it's interesting that there is some overlap between they are two different things, but there is some overlap between uh, engagement and and resilience. So we're kind of slightly stuck with the language, but it's a question of what we what we do with the language, isn't it? And we talked about, so, um, you know, if there is a message for organizations around allowing people to, you know, determine as much of their job as they can. There's other stuff around trust, and which gets really to the heart of, uh, of leadership, and, and we know this. So, um, and I'm sure it's, it's there in the neuroscience as well, but if we trust our managers and ultimately uh, our leaders, um, then that is another big component of, uh, of resilience. Amy? Yes, uh, well, I was thinking about, I was thinking about rebranding resilience in an organisational context mm. and maybe the power of using the pandemic and the stories from the pandemic to... I don't know, to take back the word resilience and to, and to brand it as something uh, positive and empowering and, and self-determined and mm. self-identified. And there are so many stories, thousands of stories of people, particularly key workers, during the last 12 months that have absolutely shown the most tremendous amounts of resilience that doesn't mean they haven't cried it doesn't mean that maybe they've needed the odd day off it doesn't mean that they felt brilliant the whole time but they have triumphed over so many obstacles 
and perhaps in organisations and individually reflecting and having conversations about what could we what could we pin under the banner of resilience now listening to the stories of this last 12 months Mm. what a wonderful opportunity that would be the 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 notion of reclaiming something for what it actually Mm. is uh, uh, Mm. that sense of personal ownership and Mm. a sense of the diverse and different people that we work with that that idea as you were saying Amy you know our personalities are, are so important and and our experiences and that in one thing we may be resilient but in another we may not be it Mm -hmm. almost really values the unique experience um, that we all have to bring and you can also measure success together you if you were if you're able to say for me resilience looks like this um and therefore when i'm resilient and when i maintain my resilience this is what I can expect, my colleagues can expect, mm. and my organisation can expect. And this is what the organisers, what I'll need from the organisation to help me keep well and resilient. Yeah. Okay, so we're sort of thinking now that there's some fabulous think thoughts here and ideas. And I'm just, I, I want to take you forward to a year's time. So in a year's time, you're looking back um, and you, you know, and you're thinking about this conversation now. Um, and I re- where would you like to see resilience within teams and organisations generally in terms of how we develop organisations? Where would you like it to be? What would your dream be? Richard, start with you. Um, so uh, a year's time. So just imagining a world where COVID is mostly uh, behind us and we're looking forward to a world which has changed um, but where things are beginning to settle down into into some kind of pattern but um, uh, lots will have changed relationships will have reshaped themselves some people will be um, still feeling that uh, they are, you know, in a real sense, living with COVID and uh, and its and its impact. And I don't just mean, you know, long COVID and people who've actually had it, but um, uh, us in society and in the world of uh, of work who are still adjusting. Uh, there'll be others who are, you know, really steaming ahead and actually seeing the opportunities that a a new kind of a new you know, new ways of of working, um, new opportunities. Uh, in healthcare and uh, and across the world of work, what what that offers. So um, resilience, I think there'll there'll be a big measure of um, diversity. Um, I think the uh, it may be that we're, we we stop talking so much about things like engagement and start uh, thinking about not how individuals can be engaged with organizations but how organizations can support people to kind of be themselves um, and can value their the diversity that that they bring in their perspectives and uh uh, and their uh, and their abilities actually so um yes maybe something about uh about diversity as well Okay, that's great and great. And Amy? Um, Yeah, picking up on the diversity piece, excuse me, I guess I would go back to the conversation 
with the two leaders, one whom coped with um, the, the practical challenges and the other with the, the conflict challenges and, and both of those people having a different definition of resilience for themselves. I guess I would want to see in 12 months time that we're talking about a robust vulnerability where we are able to acknowledge our vulnerability, acknowledge our differences and how resilience is going to be different for each of us and be able to be quite robust and strong in saying, and these are the things that might trip me up. These might be my blind spots. These might be the things that I really need help with. And unless, unless I say I'm really not coping, then perhaps I am. Perhaps that is me being resilient. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and it's a really good way to sort of round up this conversation because actually recognising that di diversity, uh, allowing people to really explore the, their open self and their blind self in, in a very safe environment is fantastic. And I'm just reminded of some of the stuff that we cover in our personal mastery program, which is around Jahari's window and how important and relevant that is really for teams at the moment. Um, I think it's um, I think there's such a lot to learn from those types of models in terms of how we respect, recognize and value the diversity in our teams. And we also allow people to really explore their vulnerability in a safe and compassionate way. So I'd like to thank both of you, um, Amy and Richard. It's been fantastic that you've been able to join, um, join me today for this podcast. And I hope the listener at the other end um, has enjoyed listening to it as well. And, and it's been food for thought and has cultivated some ideas about uh, about yourself personally, but also about how you would like your team to um, function and be in the future um, in the context of um, what we've all experienced over the last year or so. So do you want to say a quick goodbye, Amy and Richard, and um, hopefully um, they'll, they'll be back online soon with you know, further insights and thoughts. Amy? Um, just to say bye-bye. Thank you, Tim. I think that was... Um really, really beautifully held together. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much, Tim. And uh, uh, cheer everyone. And the thing I'm taking away is that notion of strength and vulnerability. I really like that. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. We'll leave it on that note then. Bye. 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 <laughs>